Hello, and welcome back to the Economic Review. As we've seen over the last week, President Biden has made climate change a major focus of his campaign. The framework for much of his proposed legislation rests on the Green New Deal. The Green New Deal is unique because of its radical nature, causing conflicting opinions even among Democrats. The proposal was introduced in 2019 and called for 100% of the country's energy demand to be met with renewable energy by 2030. It also called for every house and building to be upgraded to meet new greener requirements. The plan was introduced by Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Senator Edward J. Markey. At this stage, the Green New Deal can barely even be called a plan at all. It is essentially a list of utopian goals with no real way in which they would be accomplished. One of the most significant goals is as follows, quote, upgrading all existing buildings in the United States and building new buildings to achieve maximum energy efficiency. The plan calls for a drastic refurbishment of every house and building by 2030. As of now, there are almost 140 million homes in the U.S. and more than 5.6 million buildings. That means for all of them to be refurbished, nearly 40,000 houses and buildings would need to be refurbished every single day for 10 years straight. The amount of time, effort, and resources needed to do something of such magnitude are ineffable. The number of bureaucrats required to oversee such a huge project, as well as the construction, as well as millions of construction workers and other professionals needed across the country, would alone make the project unviable. The cost of such a program is estimated to be $2.5 trillion on the low end. That breaks down to a minimum of $17,000 per taxpayer. Already, it's becoming clear that this program, which is one of just many, is prohibitively expensive just on its own. Quite incredibly, the bill also proposes meeting, quote, 100% of the power demand in the United States through clean, renewable, and zero-emission energy sources. The implications of pursuing this goal are tremendous. Every car, motorbike, boat, ship, bus, and any other form of transport that relies on gasoline would have to be eliminated and switched over to electric or other renewable energy sources. Transforming every single transportation source that requires fossil fuels would be next to impossible. There are hundreds of millions of gas-powered cars alone in the U.S., and the cost of an electric vehicle on average is usually significantly more expensive. Achieving net-zero greenhouse gas emissions would cost $11 trillion in the first 10 years alone. That comes down to about another $78,000 per taxpayer. Even gas-powered appliances such as stoves, furnaces, water heaters, and so on would have to be replaced. This would impact hundreds of thousands of restaurants and other businesses that rely on these sorts of fuels. The estimated cost of replacing all of these appliances is another $244 billion. Additionally, Ocasio-Cortez's website proposes a high-speed railway network be built to replace air travel. President Biden has also pushed for net-zero emissions, meaning air travel would need to be eliminated at some point. The fastest train in the United States is the Amtrak Acel Express, with an average speed of about 68 miles per hour, slightly fluctuating based on route. It means that traveling from New York City to Los Angeles 
would take approximately 41 hours, about six times air travel. If we assume that the train operates all over the country at the same speed as the fastest train in the U.S., or about 160 miles per hour, the journey would still take 17 and a half hours, close to three times the current time. The problem with this is that building an extensive rail network of high-speed trains is expensive. The rail line cost from New York City to Los Angeles would cost around $250 billion, and that's just one single route. To replace all mainland air travel would cost trillions of dollars, let's not forget maintenance and operating costs in the long run, and the additional time it would take to get to your destination. Already, we can see that achieving net-zero carbon emissions would take tens of trillions of dollars, meaning the cost of just one small part of the Green New Deal would take up nearly the entire national budget. Also, the Green New Deal calls for all manner of economic benefits, such as, quote, a job with family-sustaining wages, family and medical leave, vacations, retirement security, high-quality education, including higher education and trade schools, high-quality health care, clean air and water, healthy food, safe, affordable, adequate housing, an economic environment free of monopolies, and so on. Unsurprisingly, it is much easier said than done. No country on the planet has ever been able to deliver on such wild promises, and there is no reason to believe that the United States will be able to do so. Liberal economist Noah Smith estimated that under the Green New Deal, 75% of the economy would be spent by the government. The Green New Deal argues that to save us from climate change, we need the government to take away nearly all the money that we earn and use it to guarantee everything we need to survive and be happy, which is eerily reminiscent of the Chinese under Mao Zedong. According to the Congressional Western Caucus, the Green New Deal's estimated cost is a whopping $93 trillion. As of 2017, there are 143.3 million taxpayers in the United States, meaning that the Green New Deal would cost every taxpayer approximately 650000 It would take the median earner well over 300 years of work to pay that amount in, in taxes at the current tax rate. This implies that even with a massive tax increase, the budget deficit would become astronomically higher. According to the CIA, if broad money is included, there are less than $80 trillion in existence. That means that if every single U.S. dollar on the planet were given to the government, it would not be enough to pay for the Green New Deal. Even if it were possible to pay for the deal, there is nothing to suggest that Americans actually want to pay that much. Distribution of citizens' willingness to pay a monthly fee for combating climate change, according to the Cato Institute, over 82% of Americans would not pay $100 a month to combat climate change. This shows that the Green New Deal's proponents have vastly overestimated the willingness of people to pay for climate change reform. Even if the proposal were scaled back significantly, it would still not get anywhere near the people's actual willingness to pay. Even though most people say that they are worried about climate change, few are willing to open up their wallets to do anything about it. If the people demanded climate change reform, the market would adapt accordingly. 
For example, increased consumer demand for greenhouses would see producers supply it. If consumers wanted to get rid of fossil fuels, producers would provide alternatives. The goods and services available in a free market economy will always reflect the consumer's demands and their willingness and ability to pay. Because where there is demand, there is profit. Corporations would see this untapped potential and enter the industry. While this has already occurred on a small scale, such as with electric cars, its expansion depends on the citizens as well. As of 2019, the total plug-in electric cars on the road were over 1.4 million. However, the total number of automobiles in the United States was about 300 million, making it obvious that there is a long way to go. Supporters of the deal will argue that we do not have a choice. We need to do this or else the human species is in danger. Even if the United States was wiped off the face of the earth, we're only responsible for about 14% of global greenhouse gas emissions anyway. Other countries, many of whom are war-torn or poverty-stricken, have more important immediate priorities and are much less likely to follow a similar path of action. Bigger polluters like China are highly unlikely to take any similar course of action at anywhere near the scale that the Green New Deal proposes. Let me be clear, I am in no way arguing that we do not face a tremendous global threat from man-made climate change, just that this deal is not the answer. Tearing down our economy in favor of near-complete government control is not the solution for anything. Despite all this, the Green New Deal remains highly popular throughout the country, with most people supporting it. The difference between the number of people who support this bill and the amount of people willing to pay anywhere near the required amount demonstrates the amount of misinformation surrounding this deal. The Green New Deal fails to outline any plan of action or how this plan would be funded. Proponents of the bill have accepted that the targets are aggressive and a long shot. Even if the goals were halved or the timeline doubled, the average cost per taxpayer would still be 10 times the median annual income. Politicians know that people are especially susceptible to fear and that with an issue like climate change, people's willingness to fight climate change can be molded into a socialist-style economic takeover. However, as all evidence has shown, this deal is by every measure unrealistic. Thank you for listening to the Economic Review. We'll be back soon with the latest.